Hello world, thank you for dropping in and listening to another one of our Mindful Leader podcasts. Today with us we have Mike Lee. Mike Lee is a keynote speaker. He's a peak performance, a performance coach. He teaches strategies, skills, mindsets, practices, workshops, does stuff all around the world, virtually and face-to-face when it's applicable and, and allowed. Uh, and he teaches the mindsets because of his experience with some of the MBAs and the basketball's elite players, takes that to drive business performance. Mike and I have been talking and interacting for a few months now. We did, we did one webinar together. We had him on another show trying to get, you know, to do more things with, with, with you, Mike. Uh, Hopefully, this is this is another of the stepping stones to add to our our successes. Very happy, very humbled, and grateful to have you here with us. Thanks for having me on. It's good to see you again and, and be back on uh, another show with you. So let's get let's get into some of the questions here. Leadership today, leaders today. What do you think is the biggest or some of the biggest problems? that leaders are facing today? Well, specifically today, it's navigating the uncertainty. It's being able to be in that space of ambiguity until you get enough clarity to be able to make decisions and also being able to make decisions without all the information and be able to just continue to make progress and take steps uh, without having all that information and being able to adapt, being able to adjust on the fly and navigate on the fly, uh, regardless of what that business plan that you had uh, written out from a couple months ago said, you got to be able to just navigate right now and be able to make those decisions. And I think just having, creating, uh, developing the skill of just being able to make quick decisions and, and just being able to live with those and adjust is going to be really crucial right now because we are living in uncertainty. We have no idea. Anybody that tells you that they know what's going to be going on in our world a month from now is crazy. They, they don't know. And you have to be able to just continue to take action and not let that uncertainty paralyze you in this moment. Perfect. Yeah. I, I totally, you know, resonate with that. And while it, there was always some level of uncertainty in the past, I agree with you that now it's just even more so, especially now that we're more connected and things travel quicker. And there's economics now involved, viruses, riots, and, and, and the list goes on and on and on. Cool. Do you have a quote or a credo, a mantra, an affirmation, either something that you've been living by for for some time, or maybe just something you stumbled across recently? That I use in my own personal life? Yeah. Or it, it, that applies to leadership? Whichever one you want to go with. Uh, we could do both. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I guess there, I mean, there's a lot. I used to, I used to read a lot of Jim Rohn books, who was Tony Robbins' first mentor. And I, I think a lot of my philosophy from, of life and of leadership and personal development that has come from him. Uh, one quote that I try to keep in mind 
from him. There's several, but one of them that stands out is be grateful for what you have while you pursue all that you want. And to me, that's about just being being content with what you have in the moment, but that doesn't mean that you aren't going after new things, chasing new things, trying to create new things and build a, a better life. Because I, I think, you know, at the end of the day, there's – there's a power in being able to find that inner peace and be at, at peace with regardless of what is going on with your external circumstances. But we're human beings. Like we're created to create stuff, to build things and not be in that place of, of stagnation. When we're in that place, we're, we're dying. You know, you're either growing or you're dying. And I think that that happiness and fulfillment comes from progress. It comes from service. It comes from contribution. It comes from creating something new. Uh, and I think being able to be in those two places at the same time is a really powerful way to, to live. It's a, it's a great place to be at. I can find things in my current space that I'm grateful for and be able to just also have part of my attention on the vision of what I want to create next that fuels that energy to be in that, be in that space and create the next thing. I really like that. You don't hear those two being combined very often to, to be grateful for what you have, but also pursue more things that, that you, that you want or crave. So thanks for, for bringing that up. Since this is Mindful Leader podcast, what is mindful leadership? Why do you think it's important? Well, it all depends on how you define it. I think you have to go back to, I guess, my de- my definition of mindfulness is, and you could dive way deeper into this, but from a very uh, high-level concept, it's creating awareness of your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions in the present moment. And I think when you start with that, why is why is that important in leadership? It's because we a lot of us allow our lives, and I know I do at certain times as well, to be driven by our emotions versus driven by our intentions. And when we are operating with more self-awareness, we can lead with more intention. We can lead with more thoughtfulness. We can lead with more compassion, with more empathy. And I think right now those are, those are crucial things to be able to create a, a culture that is continually performing and taking action during this time. People need to feel valued and needed and safe in this environment in order for them to perform at, the, at their highest level. And so being able, being a mindful leader is, that's part of it. The other, the other part of it is, is creating that awareness of what's driving my thoughts, my feelings, and my actions, so I'm not in a place of reaction. Leaders, a big trait of mindful leaders, I think, is they, they're they always coming from a place of being centered, a place of being grounded. They're not in a place of reaction. They're in a place of being able to, to respond to what's going on. And when you are practicing mindfulness, when you create that self-awareness, you're able to be in that place of being centered and being grounded, and you're able to make decisions that are in alignment with your values, your personal values, your leadership values, and the values of the organization that you're running. 
Excellent. Excellent. If you were to, if you could have dinner with anyone dead or alive, who would it be and why? That's a great question. I, I've, I go back and forth on this, and I think if I had to pick one person, it would be, it would be the Buddha or Jesus or somebody like that. Huh. That's who I think I would pick. <laughs> I think from a, and that's more so from a personal standpoint. Uh, from a real world standpoint, I think there's so many people that I could pick. I think it would all, it would be dependent on what I was trying to do in that moment in my life. And so it could be anybody from, from Phil Jackson to Elon Musk to Steve Jobs to uh, some of the, some people that have been considered visionaries. One guy we brought up earlier, Jim Rohn. I would love to have dinner with, uh, with Jim Rohn. That would be unbelievable. So uh, I think it would be dependent on what I'm going through in that moment, what problems I'm trying to solve, what challenges I'm currently facing, and then pick somebody based on what I'm trying to achieve in that moment. Yeah. You made me, made me think of how to make this question more interesting. If you had a week long retreat with 20 individuals, dead or alive, <laughs> who would they <Yeah>. be? <laughs> Perfect. All right. So we, we talked about some of these, these problems. We've talked about mindful leadership. How does one become a mindful leader? How does one become more aware? How does one become less reactive? How does one bring this to others? And how do we start solving some of these problems that, that you mentioned at the beginning? So how does yeah. one become a mindful leader? Well, as cliche as it sounds, like you can't lead anybody until you lead yourself first. And I think from a mindfulness standpoint, you have to, if you want to be a mindful leader, you have to become more mindful yourself. You have to become more self-aware yourself. And you can do this in a variety of different ways, but I think one of the best ways to do it is through a meditation practice. I think that you know it's proven by science that it literally changes areas of your brain. Just like when an athlete lifts and you see physical evidence of change when they go on a training program, their muscles break down and they elongate and they grow back stronger. There's physical evidence of change as well when you have a, a meditation practice. There's an area of your brain called the amygdala, which is responsible for your fight, flight, or freeze response. That area actually shrinks, making you less reactive to stress. Uh, obviously, in today's environment, when we're less reactive to stress, we're going to make better decisions. We're going to be more thoughtful. We're going to be more compassionate. Uh, the other part that changes is when there's a bunch of different places that have been shown to change in MRIs, but another place is the neocortex, which is responsible for things like your self-awareness, your decision-making, and other executive functions. So, you know, we're talking about executive functioning, executive leadership, mindful leadership, right? You can see the, the correlation there. That area actually grows in your brain, and so these skills, like your self-awareness, your decision-making, actually improve because that area becomes bigger and has better capacity to function. So I think starting with leading yourself from that standpoint first. 
And then the the second piece of it is just being aware of the behaviors that you're modeling. I think one of the the most important skills that a leader can practice, one of the most important things that they do is is the behaviors that they actually model. Uh-huh. One of the quickest ways, and I saw this a lot in the basketball space, was one of the quickest ways for you to disconnect from the people that you're leading is to not exhibit the behaviors that you're expecting of them. Uh-huh. And so it, and if we have the awareness of how we are actually operating, our body language, how we're showing up for other people, uh, that's going to go a long way in being able to get those behaviors infused in your culture, infused in your organization. And that's because we we have special uh, special brain cells that are called mirror neurons, and their their role is literally to imitate the behaviors and the actions and even the emotions of the people that we see our in our environment. And even though we're all living very virtually right now, that can even happen through through an email. It can happen through a Zoom call, and so. Being able to exhibit those behaviors is, is super important because the people that are observing you through email, through video calls, through Zoom, are going to start to imitate those, imitate those behaviors consciously or subconsciously, and you have to be exhibiting the behaviors that you expect of the people that you lead because uh, they're going to start picking them up consciously or subconsciously. I would put that in leadership 101 right there, what you just said. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Yeah, yeah and I, I think the it goes lots of lots of the stuff goes it goes back to the basics, right? Just because it's simple, just because it's basic, doesn't mean that it's easy. It's right. the hardest thing to do is to lead yourself. Right. It's incredibly easy. For me to get on a video call with you and you're like, hey, I'm having these issues with, with the 10 people that are reporting to me and I'm not sure what to do. It's easy for me to give you advice as to what you should do. It's incredibly difficult to live it and do it consistently uh. so that it's so that you're living and leading in line with your values. That's incredibly difficult to do on a consistent basis. All right. All right. But there, but there is hope. To build on those two cases that you described, the, the amygdala shrinking and the neocortex growing, from my understanding and from what I've read, regardless of your age, so I know some leaders will say, hey, but I can't change the way you know I work or, or people just give up because I've been doing this for decades. No, it's, it's going to be hard. It's going to take practice, like you're saying, Mike, but there, there's hope regardless of your age. There definitely is. I One exercise that we do in our leadership workshops is a three-part exercise of leadership and, uh, leadership embodiment. Right? And so we take people, take people through this, uh, through this meditation and through this exercise. And it's basically you visualize a leader who had impact on your life. Then you go into the meditation and you try to see yourself in a situation, a challenge that you're facing, embodying the same traits as that leader mm. modeled for you, like we just talked about earlier. And then the third part of it is is writing out a letter of appreciation to that leader, expressing the gratitude for the impact that they made on, on your life and the things that you're able to do and 
who you were able to become because of the things that they did for you, the impact that they had on you. Wow. Well, at an event, I had a had a participant come up to me afterwards when we were doing this exercise, and he said to me, "I I want to. This is a great exercise. I want to do it. This is going to be really difficult for me to do. I have a boss who is he, I think he's seventy nine years old. He said uh-huh. he's done so much for me, but he's also been incredibly hard on me." And while, so while he's done things for me, he's been super old school. It's my, my way or the highway. And I really want to write this for him, but this, this is going to be really tough for me to do. And like, and I encouraged him to do it anyways. About a week later, <laughs> I got an email from him and he said, I gave this letter to my boss, uh, left it on his desk and you're never going to believe what happened. He went from being, my way or the highway to asking for input from other people, asking them, what do they think on this next project? What do they think about this process? He went from, there is a commercial real estate company. He went from walking into a job site or to a project and telling every single person in the space about how this was wrong and that was wrong and they need to do this better and that better to walking into a space and actually telling people that they did well with a certain aspect of the project or things were really looking good in this place. And six months later, I just talked to him the other day, six months later, this change in this leader who is like you talked about age, right? Uh-huh. He's 79 years old shifted overnight uh-huh. because he was vulnerable enough to show his appreciation for what he had done for this guy in his life and in his career. And it just goes to show that no matter what age you're at, by practicing some of these things that we're talking about, you can change at any age if you have the, the desire to do so. And sometimes it, it comes from from outside of you, from somebody else. You know, if somebody's listening to this and they're thinking, "Well, oh, I have a boss that that he's never going to change. He's always hard on me." This is proof that by being vulnerable first, by showing your appreciation first, you have the the potential to create change. And it's not just change in your relationship between you and your boss. This is change throughout the entire organization. So at any age, because of neuroplasticity, things can change and they can change quick. They can change overnight if there's an emotion associated with that change. That's powerful. Power of gratitude can change a lot. And, and those ripple effects, I would even be bold enough to say how that changed his life and the lives of others just, you know, outside of the organization. Brilliant. All right, Mike. Last little thing that I want you to leave us with. Is there other, other than, than your stuff, which you know, go to the, go to the site and you could, you could see all the links to that. Anything that you would suggest a book, a, a program, an app, something that's played a big role in your life that you would suggest for our listeners to check out? There's a lot of stuff. I, I think since this is coming out right now, I, I would say I'm not, I won't, I'm not going to dive into any of those. I, I will give you a few things. And really it's about how do I, 
how do I continue to position myself and make progress and miss all this uncertainty that we're dealing with right now? Number one is to get clarity or to, to get a vision of what you were trying to create. And that might have had to change because of the, the circumstances that we're, that we're in right now. And the way I like to define it is you, know, you got to get clear on, on your mission and your vision right now. And you're probably going to have to revisit that, right? Your, your vision might have changed because of our circumstances, but your mission, the impact that you're trying to create and how you're trying to serve the world, make it a better place, that should stay the same. Right. And you should be able to do that. Maybe it, it might look different visually, but really come back and get clarity on that mission that you are, you're trying to bring to life. Second thing is, uh, you gotta create a, a strategy or process to be able to do that. What is, what are the micro steps that I'm going to take on a, on a daily basis in order to, to bring that mission to life uh, and really get concrete on what you're going to do on a daily basis, on a weekly basis? Uh, the third thing is to, we talked about this earlier, model behaviors. Find somebody else that you can model who has led through a crisis. We maybe have never been through a, a global pandemic on this scale before, but there are, there are other people that have led through major crises or crises and being able to figure out what they did, what strategies they used, and to model the behaviors and the actions that they took during a, a time of massive uncertainty uh, is going to be huge. You can always learn from the people that, that have come before us. Uh, the other uh Next thing is we've all had to, to learn new things and adapt during this, this time. And in order to bring that vision to life and continue to make the, the impact that we're trying to create with our mission, you've got to find a master teacher in order to develop these new skills. All right, so find somebody else who's, who's taught these skills before that, you're, that you are uh, that you are trying to create now that you're trying to learn because we all have to adapt and we all have to be in that state of constant learning and a way to create shortcuts in that learning is to find a master teacher. Uh, the last thing that I would say is to just really practice skills so you can manage your, your mental and emotional state during this time. I think nothing is ever created we're never innovative. We're never able to solve problems when we're in a state of suffering. When we're, uh, if we're in anxiety and regret and, and stress and fear, nothing ever good is going to come out of one of those emotional states. And being able to manage your emotional states, being able to put yourself into a beautiful state of creativity, of joy, of presence before you start your day so that you can solve the problem, so that you can handle the uncertainty, so that you can handle all the, everything that's going on in our world right now is going to be a huge skill for leaders to master that want to come out on the other side of this pandemic and this economic crisis that we're going through. So I know that was a lot, but I think those five things and they're really they're steps that you can take to uh, manage everything that's going on right now are going to be, be big for people. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I wrote down clarity, one, two, strategy, three, model behaviors, four, find a teacher, five, practice, 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 especially when it comes to 
mental and emotional aspects. Manage that emotional state. Perfect. Thank you so much, Mike, for, for being here, for sharing your insights, knowledge, and wisdom. There's, a, there's so much we could talk about, uh, you know, for a long time. So we'll see if we can get something going in the future. And thanks again. Thanks, everyone that's listening. Enjoy your day. Thanks for having me on. It's great to see you.